Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. 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 It's episode three six eight. 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 Uh, ten points to ever get that reference. Uh, hi, I'm Frau. This is another digital system, and with me I have Luke. Hi, Frau. Hi, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's episode three six eight. Uh, yeah, it is. I. I... Mm-hmm. I know that song, but I don't know that song for some reason. <laughs> like I know the tune, but I couldn't place it if you if you needed me to. Yeah, if I forced you to. Yeah. Uh, it's been a hell of a week. How have you been? Uh, all right. The yeah. Finally, uh, slowing down a little bit, like work wise, but uh, you know, a lot of stuff around around the house to take care of. Um, mm-hmm. starting to be winter, so it's we we didn't have rain for what it felt like months. Probably wasn't, mm. but it felt like that, like just so dry here. I mean, so dry. Uh, mm. to the point where they're starting to get smoke in the air from like forest fires in the area. So having mm. rain, that's uh pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty pretty good. Yeah, I remember when they sung Blessed uh, Rain Down in Oregon. I mean, that's that was a, very a good song. song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about songs, <laughs> Taylor Swift's uh, new album is out. Uh, I'm a Swifty. You're okay. not? No. Yes. Uh, what do you mean, no? I mean, no. no I, I never had any of her albums i i don't really yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. not really interested I, I i i thought you were protesting that i i said that you were not a swifty <laughs> and i was like that's doesn't sound correct <laughs> no but not no. what i meant no no i understood what you meant now but i'm a swifty uh her new album is not uh, really good look there's one good song Oh, okay. Yeah. Otherwise than that, I think there are kind of all very similar, very very melancholic, very slow love songs that uh, you could write from an elementary point of view. I mean, I don't 100%. When you're dealing with an artist like her at mm. this stage in her career... Mm. She probably writes some of the lyrics, and that's like about it, right? And then she mm. sings, and she sings it. I bet she has a producer that does most of the beats, the you know the mm-hmm. music itself. She probably has ghost writers who help her write her songs and things like that. So how much is she really to blame when there's a bad album? You know, when you're at that level. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You, it's like blaming the director when a movie is bad. Like you can blame the director; that's somebody to blame. But there's hundreds of people well, that worked on that movie to make the movie happen. You know? Yeah. It depends who the director is, though. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I mean, like you can't. I yeah. even just said you can blame the director, but there are hundreds of people who work on that movie set. So there, sure. like, there's plenty of blame to go around. Like, 
you can just blame Taylor Swift for the album being bad, but right. there's a lot of blame that probably goes other places. Would The Room be a, a, a better movie with different producers? Probably. Wasn't he a producer as well as a director and an actor in that movie, too? I don't think... To be honest. I, well, producer? I mean, like, I don't think I that's... I think he produced thing. it. You're talking about a whole different level of production from a Taylor Swift album to the movie The Room, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah. I, that's why I, why I specifically pointed out when you, she's at this level of her career, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, I'm not going to do say point. the same thing about some indie band that's, like, just playing bars. Like, they don't have the same right. level of production <laughs> that, that Taylor Swift has, right? So I can't compare The yeah. Room to, I don't know, any Marvel movie or something like that either, production value-wise. Yeah. So tomorrow is the big uh, moving shit uh, out of my house day. Uh, tomorrow is uh, my sofa is going to be disappearing. Uh, one of my sofas, one chair, a table, and a whole bed. So that I'm looking forward to. Right. Hopefully, all your furniture comes on time. Otherwise, you're going to be in a pretty empty apartment. <laughs> apartment. <laughs> I'm going to be in a very empty apartment. <laughs> they called uh, so one one of the reasons why I did it like tomorrow was that I I got a very nice mail because I I ordered a chair from Italy uh, that was stored in uh what was it uh, I said uh, Lit Lit Lithuania Jesus Christ that was hard to say Lithuania uh, and that has now come to Oslo and I got a message like, oh, uh, your chair is going to come tomorrow. And then they called me five minutes before I was recording you know, today, or ten minutes before I was recording today. I said, oh, you know that chair you're going to wait for to tomorrow? I'm sorry, we have a, a week, a week's delay on that. So, I guess I'm not surprised, considering the, all the shipping no. and, you know... Uh... The shipping issues that have been happening lately, right? Yeah. Shipping issues, yeah. Uh, so that's that's been a been the thing. Um, but at least I don't have lost my job after six weeks of doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Speaking of sh shipping, <laughs> shipping and ep economic issues. <laughs> British Prime Minister Liz Truss resigns after on Thursday last week, after just six weeks in office. She resigned. Mm -hmm. The resignation came after 44 days, making her the shortest-serving Prime Minister ever in UK history. Uh, speaking outside of the Number 10 Downing Street, Truss said that she met with the 1922 Committee, a group group of senior Conservative lawmakers, and uh, and agreed to hold leadership election within the week. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But mm. this is the same group, the 1922 committee, that got Boris Johnson also to yep. resign. These people, I've even said at the time, they seem like they have more power in the conserv or the Tory party than any other... Than anything, anybody else. Any yeah. politician right. that's been elected by any, like, actual human being. Right. right. I think it also was them that got... Uh, the lady that was before Boris out. Theresa I don't May. I remember her name. Theresa May out, yeah. 
Right. Uh, so uh, this comes a day after a home secretary uh, also handed in the re- their resignation uh, last week. Yeah. Trust fired her close ally, uh, the chance chancellor of oh my gosh, uh, whose monetary policies caused immediate chaos in the financial markets, and the Bank of, uh, of England was forced to step in. Uh, she was cutting. She had a mini budget to cut taxes for the wealthiest in the country, which caused eco- economic fallout and caused the pound to plummet. So yeah, she um, she was yeah. like, oh, we'll we'll just cut taxes during like a hor- horrible recession. That's always recession, a good idea. Yeah, and uh, and and not only that, we're going to cut it for the people that least need <laughs> need help. Need right. We're going to do it for the rich five percent of our <laughs> our country, but to be fair, uh, she hasn't really been in work uh, for for all of those four weeks because you know. Also, I have to remember there was a uh, a week, uh, well, it was two weeks of of mourning after the queen died as well. So not only has she not really been a prime minister because they have been busy with other things, I think I think somebody looked at it at and said that real work days were like fourteen. She had fourteen real work days before she got fired. Oh, well, I mean, she got one thing that she wanted to try to do done and it was the worst possible thing she could possibly right. do also <laughs> like i don't know what other more terrible thing you could do other than like starting a war with france possibly <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah no she's she's going to go down in history as um the uk's worst prime minister i mean um yeah she uh, didn't last as long as a head of lettuce, which was put on display uh, when she first went into office. Somebody put out a head of lettuce on a live stream and just said, will this head of lettuce last as long as the prime minister? And of course, the head of la- lettuce did beat the prime minister in the ra- her reign. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty good. <laughs> that was funny. I mean, she was. I mean, she went full Margaret Thatcher, and everybody saw it and was like, "We're not having yeah. that." Yeah, basically. Yeah, we're not going to have that one once again. Uh, but but uh, that. Go ahead. But that means, yeah, that means that we have gotten a new prime minister, uh, Rishi Sunak. It becomes Britain's prim- uh, third prime minister this year. Uh, he became that on Tuesday, tasked with taming the economic crisis that has left the country in a, uh, a perilous state uh, as millions struggle to pay for food and energy bills. Sunak, who is the UK's first leader of color, um, met with King Charles at Buckingham Palace. Sunak clinched the leadership position Monday, seen by his party as a safe pair of hands to stabilize the country, uh, stabilize the economy. Uh, from sliding into recession. Mm. Liz Truss' package of unfunded tax cuts spooked financial markets with the prospect of ballooning debt, which drove the pound to record lows and forced the Bank of England to interfere. Like we said, he announced, uh, Sunak announced Tuesday he would retain a Treasury Chief Jeremy Hunt, appointed by Trust to steady the markets uh, two weeks ago. So... Uh, what I'm right. going to understand is this guy is, like, insanely rich. 
So, uh, yeah, he's married to a lady that is, like, insanely rich. And as well, I think he, she was the daughter of the richest man in, in, in the UK or something. I, he's richer so. than the royal family. That's what one thing I heard. Yeah. It says here, uh, much of Sunak's fortune comes from his wife, whose father is a billionaire founder of Indian right. IT firm Inf- Infosys. I mean, I've even heard of that. Right. Uh, the couple is worth 700, uh, 730 million pounds or $826 million. Uh, that's but, uh, but I think... Not I think, including uh, offshore bank accounts, I'm, I'm guessing. Right, but I think mostly of that is from uh, his wife. That's what I said, yeah. Well, technically right. the father. <laughs> yes, technically. Uh, like, technically, uh, Trump got the loan. Yeah, uh, but she's going to inherit that money, so. She works hard for the money. Uh, no, she was born into the money. <laughs> she Didn't do nothing for the money. <laughs> Just spends the money and drives a big, nice car. Is that? <laughs> yes. That's, that's the rich version of that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, talking about the uh, Trumpy Lump, uh, January 6th panel had uh, put out some subpoenas that uh, Trump needs to... Testify. This is not not going to happen. Uh, well, we'll talk about it. The House Committee investigation of the January sixth uh, attack on the U.S. Capitol formally issued an extraordinary subpoena on Donald Trump on Friday, demanding testimony from the former president, who the lawmakers say personally orchestrated in quotes a multi-part effort to overturn the 2020 election. A nine-member panel issued a letter to Trump's lawyers saying he must testify either at the Capitol or by video conference beginning on or about November 14th and in continuing for as many days as necessary. Uh, the letter also outlined a sweeping request for documents, including personal communications uh, between Trump and members of Congress, as well as any extremist groups. Those need to be turned in by November 4th. Although the committee's deadlines are generally subject to negotiation with the other party, so. Yeah, well, uh, I I don't see this going forward. What? I, I, I uh, Trump showing up. Like I said, it it says he can do it through teleconference. He doesn't actually have to go there. I don't think he's willing to do that as well, either. And he can literally just plead the fifth to everything to ask him. He doesn't have to answer any questions. Right. So, he's, He will... Really? It's a subpoena. He has to be there, otherwise he's under... Uh, he, he can be prosecuted for not showing up. Do you think he cares? <laughs> I'm not sure he cares, Luke. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, other people uh, in his orbit have gotten jail time recently for not uh, showing up for subpoenas. So I don't think he wants jail oh. time. Is that what you do? You he think he doesn't to... mind going to jail? Is that what you're? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> I don't know I'm why. I'm suggesting that. I'm suggesting that he thinks probably that he's bigger than the law. 
Uh, um, this is bigger than th than that. Uh, they could try to like he could try try to like put his lawyers up against it and try to fight the subpoena. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and they could try to like run the clock out as far as like right. um, fighting it until like. Mm -hmm. 2024 when he I wins, guess so yeah. or or even just mm -hmm. until the end <laughs> of whenever the January 6th committee is finished doing their thing you know it doesn't have to be right that it doesn't have to be all the way to the election it just has to be to the end of that but uh, right. still if they require him to testify and he and he like say they stretch it out that long, he still can get in trouble and he can still go to jail for that. So, I don't know. I don't I don't think him or his lawyers would want to risk that considering who mm. who the subpoena is coming from, but I don't know. Maybe. Well, uh, MNBC uh, had a panel show about this. I haven't seen this video. So, I'm I'm excited. I have uh, heard it went a little off the rails. Yeah, MSNBC did a panel with a bunch of Trump supporters um, talking about the January 6th uh, Capitol riots, or Capitol whatever you want to call them, depending on which side you're on. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, This lady was asking questions, and I kind of think she... they didn't really give her as enough knowledge to, to try to discuss with these people. So in certain parts, you'll listen to the interviewer and you're going to be like, she doesn't know the right question to ask in this situation, but just give me a countdown. You'll see. Okay. In three, two, one, play. Mastriano was at the insurrection and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that Okay. Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Open doors. doors. So, yeah. I mean, I... They opened the gates. So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no, no. if they no, participated in January 6th? He didn't, he didn't strike anybody? He didn't hurt anybody? Yeah. And anyone that died was a <laughs> not a Capitol Police Unarmed officer. Unarmed female veteran. That's the only one that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No. It was a stroke. Attack. That's not... That's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So what do you make? Though? He shouldn't have been a police officer <laughs> if he was if he was going to have a heart attack. I've never seen any fat fat cops before. It's a lot like Antifa's actually. No. Except on a much smaller scale, it looked the same as the Black Lives Matter riots. That's what I saw. The similarities around the country, not just one. This is totally how Trump supporters see it: is that it's equivalent to Black Lives Matter. Good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody who harmed anybody, anybody who caused property destruction that needs to be dealt with yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the people's right. house no less it's called trespassing that's again it's, it's a, a it's a law trespassing <laughs> and people should not be being held political prisoner uh yeah if they stayed outside and they were just hanging out <laughs> it was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest I feel like is using it as their Reichstag fire. Yeah. That's exactly what they're using it as. This is where the, I think this lady is like, she, Do you think that President Trump could she doesn't know the correct questions to ask. Not him, I don't think so, no. Think so. It started to really probe what these people think, there, you know? I, I was there to, to see what I thought was going to be the last time I ever saw Trump. So did he tell anybody to go and, and start riding? No. I didn't think so. No, and actually... Um, I, I, oh my I, 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 God! Like 
a ton of people did. Mm -hmm. And then we all went to the Capitol because he said, let's go to the Capitol and, and peacefully let, peacefully let our voices forward. be heard. And we <laughs> oh, that lady. I hate her. I'm sure I saw Democratic operatives instigating people to oh, cross totally. barriers. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, I. Uh, people are so fucking brainwashed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People are so brainwashed. There, uh, the one thing that made that really like wow put into pers like I always knew that like certain Trump supporters they saw that action as equivalent to black li like say a Black Lives Matter yeah. group taking over like a state capitol building and being and and doing a sit in or something right. Um, mm -hmm. but doing a sit-in at a state capitol where you go in and you just sit down and, like, take, take the building peacefully is different than, like, overthrowing it, uh, with violence, uh, if that makes sense. Use it, like, yeah. um, there was no, never a time where, uh, a building, well, that's probably not true, actually, but I mean, like, I can see how Trump supporters try to equate that, right? They want to be like... Right. Well, they're only prosecuting it us for this because we're Trump supporters. So they, it's this uh, um, victim mentality, which they are so against the being the victim all the time, but then when it's convenient for a Trump supporter to be the victim, then they're, they're the victims, right? right? Christians are all like uh, anti... Uh, victim blaming and yet then they they're the biggest victims ever so i wish they used that lady that was uh uh the spokesman for for biden instead of that other this lady <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> okay she, she's she's the one that's asking them questions that would be funny <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you talked about someone else in uh, Trump's little gang that uh, was in a teeny, teeny bit of uh, trouble. Steve Bannon, ex-White House strategist and advisor to Trump, was sentenced Friday to four months in federal prison and a $6,500 fine for refusing to appear uh, before House Select Committee um, when he that he was subpoenaed to appear before. This is what I was saying. Uh, the U.S. Mm -hmm. District... Court judge Carl Nichols sentenced Bannon to, four, Bannon to four months each on two counts of criminal contempt of Congress, but his pr prison terms will be served concurrently. So, uh, right, he was count he was two counts and they were both four months, but he's serving them at the same time. So it, he'll only be in for four months, probably even less than that. You know, uh, considering I bet yeah, he has some pretty good lawyers. Right, and when we talk in, are we talking like bad prison or good prison? Of course, we're talking about good prison because it's Steve Bannon, and Steve Bannon has money to pay to be in a good prison. He has been released pending an appeal by his attorneys, of course. The judge set uh, right. November 15th as a tentative deadline for Bannon to surrender him surrender himself to, to serve prison. Um... Does it say any? We don't know, obviously, where he's going to serve prison yet. Uh, that'll probably be decided then. Mm -hmm. During the hearing, Nichols noted that 
In response to a subpoena from the House January 6th committee, Bannon has produced no documents requested by the committee or given any testimony to the panel. Bannon and his lawyers argued that he did not have to comply with such requests because his dealings with Trump while Trump was president were covered by executive privilege. Well, that didn't really work, did it? Right. <laughs> what is that prison outside of uh, San Francisco called again, where everybody escaped from? On that island. Oh, uh, Alcatraz? I was going to say that's Alcatraz. Not, a, not a prison anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's not anymore, anymore but maybe they, they will put him there. That seems like a... What, as a tour guide? <laughs> yes. I guess so. Mm -hmm. They can just, he'll be like an attraction. People, when they come by, yes. they can see... Come him. and see Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon stuck in Alcatraz. Yes. That's great. He could, uh, tourism, uh... Uh, profits for this for the city, right? Mm -hmm. Give Steve Bannon a, a banana. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to charge extra, like for tomatoes. Throw a tomato at him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Make a tourist attraction out of it. <laughs> oh gosh, that seems like a good idea. What not seems like a good idea is uh, putting someone in prison for twenty-one years when they haven't done it. In Norway, uh, oh. a man was exonerated after twenty-one years in jail for double murder. Uh, the high-profile conviction for the murder and rape of two young girls. Um, is one of the worst miscarriages of justice in the country's history. Excuse me, cough. Vigo. <laughs> oh, pop up. Vigo Christensen has always maintained his innocence, was uh, sentenced uh, by two courts in 2001 and 2002 uh, for the longest possible mm. sentence, which was 21 years. The two girls mm -hmm. were found dead on. May of 2000, after they had gone swimming in a lake in a wooded area in the south of the country, uh, the reopening of the case last year discredited the testimony of co-defendant who implicated his friend Christensen. It also showed that DNA, that DNA evidence did not support the theory that several perpetrators had been involved, and noted that Christensen's phone was well away from the scene of the crime at the time it was alleged to have happened. Wow, mm -hmm. how did they get all that all of that wrong, I guess. That's that's a lot to get wrong. I if guess you he ask had a, me. He must have had a really bad lawyer, maybe. Um, Christensen, now forty three, was released from prison last year. He may now be eligible for a compensation of up to three three hundred or thirty million kroner or two point eight million dollars from the state, according to his lawyer. Right? I guess that makes sense, yeah. but that's not going to get back like. 20 years of the your stigma. life. Yeah, and the stigma of being a child molester and killer. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is pretty uh, well known, it seems like, at this point, because it's... Uh, but, I mean, he was... If he was 43, 21 years, he would have mm -hmm. been 22 when he went into prison. That's, yeah. like, the formative best times of... At least my yeah. life was, like, my 20... 20 to 25, somewhere in there, you know, 22 to 27, something, was like my, mm -hmm. some of the funnest times of my life, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same here. And this guy was stuck in jail for something he didn't even yeah. do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's sad, and I, 
it shows you that uh, even Norway, uh, that is a country uh, who a lot of people like look uh, onto when it comes to like uh, police work and prison system and things like that can get things wrong. I mean, stealing away uh, a guy's twenty-one years is it's just like it's 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 so hard for me to even imagine being in jail for something you haven't done for 21 fucking years in 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 norway i've grown up with this case uh, i remember this case vividly and how like newspapers were talking about this like uh, 20 years uh, 21 years ago about like how guilty it was and things like that and how I see now that the same newspapers that sold newspapers about that is now selling newspapers about uh, uh, proof that uh, he was uh, not guilty. That leaves um, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It does. It. I understand that the Norwegian justice system is very is very good, but it. It's it's clearly also a, an extremely fault system when we are able to do something this atrocious against a human being. Well, I think there's also just been advancements in forensic t technology in the last 20 years sure. or so. And that's yes. probably added to them. I mean, the DNA evidence and everything else. This is all forensic analysis that probably was not... Uh, done at the time and now they were able to do it and it was but much more see. much more accurate yeah. but but could we have that technology 10 years ago could we have that uh technology five years ago right like, but also that's... when when was he up for like when were when were they going to look go back and look at it again yeah exactly right yeah so it, it just proves that uh, uh, justice murder, as they call it here in Nor Norway, does happen. It's it happens, and it's 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 pretty awful. Okay, uh, Biden officials sued over delay of the release of JFK assassination records, a nonprofit archive. Uh, sued the Biden administration on Wednesday over Biden's decision to delay the release of government records related to the assassination of JFK. The suit was filed by Mary Farrell Foundation, which has comprehensive database of records related to the president's 1963 assassination in Dallas. In the suit, lawyers for the group cite a 1992 federal law uh, from the JFK Assassinations Record Collection Act which set October 2017 as the deadline for the government to make public all records related to the incident. But when that date came, then-President Donald Trump, which we covered at the time, if you remember, Phil, yep. pushed back the release of some of these records until 2021, citing national security concerns. Last October, though, Biden signed another memo delaying the release again until uh, December 15th of this year, that delay has blocked the release of 15,000 records that the MMF, MFF lawyers wrote in their suit, deprived members, uh, researchers, and historians of the ability to learn more about the assassination. 
These failures have resulted in confusion, gaps in records, overclassification, and outright denial of thousands of assassination-related files for five years after the law's deadline for full disclosure, the group said. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Trump coming out and like, I'm going to release all JFK records. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he said that. That was actually one of his, like, talking points during the the uh, getting in, into office phase. He's like, if I come to office, I will release the JFK thing. Right. <laughs> then it happened, and he's like, nope. Yet. Uh, the Yeah, so this lawsuit was filed in San Francisco uh, and asked the judge to declare that Biden's memo violates the JFK Act and to, and that the government must release all records at the earliest date possible. So mm. I have a feeling nothing will come of that, but um, it, it's just weird that, like, doesn't matter what, what administration, it seems like they're going to keep delaying this. Uh, right. They don't want people to know what actually happened, right? That's very something. Something's in there that they don't want people to see. Clearly, I mean Absolutely. that's very obvious. Absolutely, and that's why I want them to release it more than I want them to release bees. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that. Maybe uh, this was like uh, Jerry Seinfeld. From <laughs> from the B movie, possibly. Oh gosh! We could yes. release Jerry Seinfeld from the B movie into the JFK archive, and just have mm-hmm. him get in there and get all the info for us, and then get it. You know, that would be one way to do it. But a Massachusetts woman is being faced with multi- multiple charges of assault and battery battery for unleashing a swarm of bees. So maybe if we set Jerry Seinfeld the bee into the JFK archives, we could get arrested mm-hmm. for that. I guess, bro, is the thing. Yes, yes, yes. That's the problem. Uh, she unleashed the the swarm of bees on law enforcement officials trying to serve her an eviction. <laughs> Rory Woods, fifty five, is pleading not guilty at her arraignment on October twelfth in Sp- Springfield District Court. And she was released without bail. According to MassLive.com, authorities say Wood released hundreds of bees while sheriff's deputies were serving an eviction notice. Uh, Woods, uh, When Hampton County deputies arrived at Woods' home to serve the court-ordered eviction on October 12th, they were met by protesters from a local organization supporting black homeowners. Woods, who doesn't live in the home, arrived in a beekeeper suit with a trailer full of beehives, quickly jumped out and then started shaking the hives. Deputy said <laughs> that never in all my years of leading uh, Hampton County Sheriff Civil Process Division have I ever seen anything like this, he said. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Woods was handcuffed and told that several off- officers were allergic. He said, oh, you're allergic? Good. <laughs> I don't think this is the first time I've ever heard of somebody oh, being arrested gosh. and the weapon that they wielded was a beat or oh, bees. Speak, bees. Yeah. It reminds me of the end of uh, uh, what do you call it? Morbius with the bats. <laughs> yes. She's yes. she's Morbius is what she is. Yeah. 
you need to write down that as a as a title. As a title. <laughs> so just <laughs> more B. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> That would be a scene from a movie, though. She's just controlling them with her hands. She's like, with her hands. go, my bee minions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, <coughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Oof. Well, uh, sorry, I can't get that image out of my head. She's like standing there making like, uh, you know, the like uh, karate kid moves uh, w- with the bees and like like controlling them and like sending them to like left and right. Right, yeah. You know what also, I, I was thinking like, could have been a way for her to do this and not get in trouble and actually have it make mm-hmm. still work. What if mm. before the cops show up, you go mm-hmm. to the house with the beehives, and you just fill mm-hmm. the house with beehives. Ooh. You didn't, like, send the bees after them. You just put the hives in the living room, in the bedroom, in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? And then when they come in to, yeah. to take That's over the house, you're idea. like, oh, yeah. yeah. You mean the house filled with bees? Sure, have my house filled with bees. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your, your house filled with bees. <laughs> And poisonous snakes. Right. Yeah, you could you could go all out if you if you were some type of animal uh, uh, expert or animal owner. Oh gosh. Uh. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Trum, uh, our friend, uh, means that uh, thinks that we should give our full support to Ukraine. I mean, yes. <laughs> Who doesn't support Ukraine? Hello, this is Trump with Trump Tells the Truth. First, I would like to say thank you for my new listeners. I'm in Indonesia and Thailand and so on. Always nice to see new countries listen to this segment. Also go into SoundCloud to listen to Another Digital Citizen, where uh, the podcast this segment is on. Well, that was a little commercial. Now today's topic, war. I was against... The Iraq War. Both of them, really. I was against the Afghanistan War because it was based on a fucking lie. Everybody knew it. I was also against the war in Libya. No, I did not like Gaddafi, but now it looked like a shit show. But, again, war is an evil. But sometimes a necessary evil. Jimmy Carter said that when he got a Nobel Peace Prize in Oslo many years ago. There are why I am I talking about this now? It's because there are people on the left in the United States who are as crazy as the warmongers far to the right in the United States. They believe that Putin has a rational mind, that some of his critics, criticism against the West, justify the war as you shall find understanding. That understanding will means that you give away part of another country's territory. We have to give part of Ukraine away to get peace. There was a time in history we also tried that. It was in 1939, where Chamberlain tried to give away part of Czechoslovakia to peace Hitler. 
that didn't go well. There became a world war. Putin can be stopped by one mean and one mean only, and that is weapons. Weapons who can be given to the Ukrainian people so they can fight against the oppressors. Because Putin can say what he wants, but NATO and the European Union was never a threat to him. The values in the West, like liberty, freedom of speech, well, democracy, gay rights, human rights in general, is something he fears. He wants more and more countries to be like Russia, China, North Korea. Strong power men who can threaten their own people, putting them to jail with no cause at all. That's what we're standing up against. But there are some, still some naive peace activists, far to the left, who think he can be reason. Or there must be something wrong we did in the West. There must be something right about what he said. No. It's like saying uh, a rape, a rape rapist has some it's something right that, or you can understand what he did. You can't. He's still a fucking rapist to rape another person. Putin is an evil in Europe. And if you think he's going to stop by eating part of Ukraine, you're wrong. Because there are other East European countries to also live Russian in. Latvia, Lithuania, Georgia. And we can go on and we can go on. He's starting to eat of those countries too. What shall we then do? We have been trying to deal with Putin in a rational way. We buy energy and oil from them, and gas. We, we give them all modern technology, good trade relations. That haven't helped a damn fucking shit. He still suppresses his own people, he still tries to be a dictator, and he still tries to invade other countries. So we have to say stop. We have to fight against those powers. It's not going to be easy. But what would happen if he didn't stand up against fascism in 1940? It cost a lot of lives. But in the long run, it would cost over more lives if he just lay down and bend over. Fighting, giving the Ukrainian people all the weapons they need, is a rational good thing to do. By that, I don't say everything is perfect in Ukrainian society. There's a lot of corruption. And the president, I would never vote for in peacetime. But these are special measures. We have to stand by Ukrainian people, so they, and they only, can choose the fate of their country. This was Tron, Trontas to Truth, Slava Ukraina. That was uh, Tron telling the truth. Uh, thank you, Tron. Thank you, Tron. Uh, yeah, I think it is important to support Ukraine. But I think one mm -hmm. way to support them is also peace negotiations, which we're not supporting, or nobody seems to be in support of. So I think that would be a great way to support them is to try to get some peace or peace talks happening, at least started, because there's no way to end this war uh, without some kind of negotiations. That's what I think. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit confused. Uh, look, what is peace? Uh, they they're green. They go on your plate. Ah. Peace. Oh, no, I meant peace. Like, uh, you know, love, peace, flower, power, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Is it when you put peace in flower and make uh, nonce? 
Non said, right, yeah, no, not, not, right. no, not that kind of peas. Uh, uh. Well, uh, what uh, is two peas in the pot is the TV shows I've seen this week. I don't know where, where I where was going that. Where that was, okay. No, I have no fucking clue. Let's start with Chris Angel's Magic with the Stars, because holy shit. Let's start with that show. That was the show. Magic with the Stars. Okay. I'm going to put stars in air quotes. Um... <laughs> I didn't know who either of them were. <laughs> oh, I knew who the one guy, the older guy was, once they showed him a picture of him when he was, like, 14. Because he was in High School Musical. Right. But he doesn't look anything like he did when he was in High School Musical, so you'd never know it was him. Because I, I don't think he's been in anything really since, or anything big, that I know right. of. Um, right. Maybe he has and been. And who was that one? The other one was a young kid who was in Blackish, which I've seen an episode or two of Blackish. It was on I've never ABC. Seen that. No. It was an ABC show. It's basically was like Modern Family style uh, sitcom. Um, yeah, so that was the stars they were having on the this show. I, I'm not sure that was the biggest problem with this show, though. No, it's the production value. This was <laughs> incredibly low production. You can tell, like, they shot all the episodes in like two or three days and just filmed episode, episode, episode and just went back to back to back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the audio is just god-awful. They keep using the same crowd noise over and over, like repeat the same fake crowd noise. And you can even see in the background the crowd is not clapping or making any noise, but there's crowd noise happening right. and you're like, okay, yeah. I see what's happening here. Uh, Lonnie Love was amazingly bad. Never heard of her either, to be honest. Who's that? Who? who which? Uh, the judge. Oh yeah, right. She had no clue how to judge magic. Awful. Like, why is she, she there she, to judge yeah, magicians? Why? I guess she's the outside perspective, the person who like can look at it from the outside, and the other two were actual right. magicians. So I guess in that way, but like. She, she's that judge on the reality show who doesn't really have much to put in other than just like, you did it, boy. I saw that you, mm. that was so good. And it's like, <laughs> you don't actually have any real critiques. You're just like pointing out what happened just now, right? Yeah. And Lance Burton, that I actually had some respect for uh, before this uh, show, uh, the old magician, I know of him. I mean, he's super, super well known. He was also bad <laughs> because he was like he, he he was like, yeah, I see that you very much try there. Uh, was some less sparkling in in your performance, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And uh, then the man himself, Chris Angel. Gosh, holy shit! Time has not done you well, Chris Angel. It's the plastic surgery. He's had quite a bit of it, so he looks plastic. Sir, he's got he, plas plastic face, you know. He looks awful. I mean, Lance Burton, that is probably like 30, 40 years older than him. Oh, yeah. Looks better than him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's getting older. I, when I first saw him, I honestly didn't know it was him until they pointed out that this is. <laughs> Chris Angel. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the final thing that really made me mad about the show was the very ending where Chris Angel... Oh. Well, the two other judges get to give their scores, but it's all, like, 
down to Chris Angel and he gets to decide the final two scores and decides who wins and who loses. So really, yep. the other two scores don't matter at all because if Chris Angel yep. wanted to, he could like just uh, give one person a one and the other person a five. You see what I mean? Yeah. So yep. really, shouldn't just Chris Angel be the one to vote? Like, there shouldn't be three judges. It's only that way because every other show like this has three judges, right? I know. Right. It's a, And yeah, overall, the show's got to get what? A one? A one. I gave this a fat big zero look. I, I. Oh my god. And we completely forgot about Eddie Griffin. <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> the funniest oh, yeah. man alive. <laughs> the funniest man to ever phone in a TV show. He like, he did not care that he was a he was. The, he did not care one single fuck that he was there. Right, his jokes were the so lame, and then the, <laughs> the judges would like pretend to laugh, and he would just be like, "Okay, whatever," and just move on. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I gave this a big fat zero. I have nothing redeeming to say about this show. Absolutely nothing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch two shows about this. Another horrible thing is they kept cutting away from the magic, which is like actually the only thing that could have been interesting. To right. S- to like yes. show the reaction of the judges or the crowd. So you missed like yep. half of the magic trick. <laughs> yep. So annoying. Yep. Okay. Uh, I saw. And some of the magic was awful as well. On top of that, yeah. Anyway. Right, yeah. Clearly, like, they're not going to put them out there and when they don't know how to do the... Like, we're never going to see one of these celebrities screw up screw up the trick really badly, I don't what, think. Was it the worst uh, show that you watched this week? Um, possibly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would say yes. Uh, the Patient season finale. Have you seen this? Yes. We don't always talk about season finales, but like this was quite, quite. Not to spoil anything, but I did not see the ending of this coming. Nope, at all. Fucking neither. What a great loved it ending, and also I think they are setting up for a season two, and it's gonna. They're they're pulling like a Dexter kind of. That's where I see him going, if that makes sense to you. Yes. Uh, not yes. to spoil anything, but we can talk about it after yes. the show. Right. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm going to say this. This is probably uh, my biggest contender for show of the year so far. I would say it's def- it's going to be in my top five. It's just like where it all ends out. But right now, it's yeah. in top three, possibly even. Uh, it, it, it's really, really good. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how popular this is. Sadly, uh, I think. I think. I think uh, people were. Uh, I haven't heard a lot of like talking about this show, so that makes me a little bit ner- nervous. I don't understand but why either, because this show seems n- like no a show that sucks. so many people. Oh. So many different groups of people, like, demographics would enjoy the show, right? Yeah. Mm. I don't know, everything about it, like, the mystery aspect of it, the kind of Dexter-ish feel of it, but yeah. it's also yeah. people who like crime, uh, true crime kind of stuff, I think, would also like this mm. show, because it's got a feel of that kind of true crime feel to it, even though it's not true crime. Um, yeah. And such a great storyline... Uh, oh. Such great editing, such and great acting, acting. so oh. well filmed. 
Uh, and yep. the ending is so great, and the way it sets up for a second season, I got to give this a... I don't think I've ever done this, but I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give There's it like a 10. There's like literally no negative... Nothing I could say against nope. the show as far as like there wasn't one there wasn't one uninteresting episode wasn't one boring episode there wasn't like any it didn't feel like you had room to breathe there and, was, and there wasn't yeah. any bad technical issues even like there wasn't any <coughs> bad like boring Nothing. dialogue even nope. at any points or like storyline elements that like didn't get tied up at the end you know like everything yeah. is, is like a perfect show yeah. it's crazy that more people aren't talking about it as well but yeah no love that show um okay uh, let's talk about the thing that you forced me to uh, to watch uh f the peripheral the peripheral yeah peripheral is that how yeah. you say peripheral yeah yeah on prime uh, I watched uh, two episodes and I'm going to be out. I think you like this much more than I did. I will say this though: uh, very good acting, enormously good special effects. Holy shit! Well, it is Why prime. All the... Yeah, yeah, but you remember all the like special effects they were like talking about was going to be so good in Lord of the Rings. Oh, the the TV you show, know? right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was also Amazon. Right. And they spent way <laughs> more money on leaps? that, I would, I would yeah. expect. I don't know how much they spent on this, but, like... This is leaps and bounds over that. The story is is the interesting part to me. Some of the acting is okay. I, I don't know, though. But, yeah, the special effects are really, like... You're like... This is uh, movie-level special effects, definitely. Yeah. Not, like... Uh, prime TV uh, level special effects that y you would normally have, but I don't know. It's like it, it felt really, really interesting up to a point, but there's mm -hmm. certain parts of it that are I don't know. Maybe it's hard to suspend your disbelief in certain parts of it. I don't know. Yeah, it 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 has it has some of the same problems. Uh, I I talked a little about it when we were watching this together. That I I I I felt like this kind of felt like uh, this was the uh, new uh, Nolan movie that uh, uh, in uh, that was backwards. Oh, uh, Tenant. Tenant, yeah. It had some Tenant problems in in the way that I think the premise is interesting. I not sure I. Super liked all of the execution. I think I think the idea is good. I just don't know if they did it the correct way. I also went in with super negative thoughts about this because it's the people behind Westworld, and I I was like, okay, they're not going to trick me into watching like three seasons of this as well. All right. Uh, uh, so I kind of had that negative taste in my mouth going in into it, uh, and I was actually like, before you you were like, let's watch this. I was actually thinking of boycotting this show, like not watch it at all. I had that low interest in it. So when I say this is a six out of ten, I I do think that's a, a high score from me, but it 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 doesn't interest me enough to 
continue watching it after two episodes. And I I also thought episode two was worse. I give it a seven point five. We should say what it's about. Mm. Uh, it's in the future. The technology is like advanced quite a bit to the point where I don't know. They have like all, certain like certain things are very similar to now, but then they have you know mm-hmm. it's super advanced VR. They have uh, r- uh, hovering robot vacuums, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like certain things are very the same to of as now. Like the guy's still living in like an airstream trailer, but he has this like super advanced. Uh, uh, VR system in his trailer, right? Which, mm. if you... Yeah, Tenant is one thing you could p- compare this to. I think the other thing... If you were to compare this to Tenant mixed with Ready Player One, that's, like, the yeah. vibe that this show has. I Like I said, 7.5 for me. Mm. Let's talk about Fresh from Scratch, which I was hoping was going to be a <laughs> cooking competition <laughs> show, but it wasn't. No, it's not. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not at yeah. all. No, no, it's it's, it's about a woman who goes to France, right? No, Sicily. Oh, Italy. Okay, she goes to Italy, yeah. uh, and she uh, is going there for school because she wants to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she meets a uh, two different <laughs> men, right? So she's in like got mm-hmm. compete men competing for her love, kind of. And she's also trying to go to school, which it was really dumb because it felt like the first episode could have just been the whole series. Like they didn't need to go <laughs> series, anywhere after yes. that. Because like know. literally in the first five minutes, she she goes, I, I don't want a relationship. I'm here just for me and to focus on my art. And like 10 minutes, like not even two minutes later, she meets like <laughs> the first guy. And then all of a sudden, yeah. before you know it, she has a second guy, which I'm like, I don't even know where this guy even came from. He just, <laughs> her boyfriend now? Like, what? What is happening? It just moves. Uh... The, the whole story seems like it's moving way too quickly and like, uh, is very, it's trying to jam all this in, in as quickly as it can. And I don't know where the hell it's going, but. Uh, I don't know. The acting was fine, I guess. Cinematography's mid-level. What did you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought, I thought the acting was okay. Uh, uh, the cinematography was uh, okay as well. Um, the storyline made absolutely fucking zero sense. I watched two episodes of this and I'm totally fucking out. I don't know where they're uh, going with the show either, because it's like I don't care. I, I guess it's just like it's supposed to be an like showing you her life there. I don't necessarily right. think it's trying to like have like a meaning other than just like it, it, this is just showing you th- this life that's happening. I guess, but that's not a story, you know, just showing a life. But it's like based on a best-selling memoir. Oh, and well, that, and, yeah, and. Uh, and it felt very much like a memoir that just is boring. Like, who the fuck are those people? And why the fuck should I care? Right, they're, <laughs> none of their problems are real problems. That we, like, right. Yeah, it just feels mm, out of touch. Uh, uh, and who was this for? Like, I have no clue who, who this is for either. Like... Which type of women would like this kind of show? 
you know, people who just fantasize about living in another country and, like, you know, getting swept <laughs> off your feet by Prince Charming. Like, I get that <sighs> whole thing, but, like, there's no... Sure, but there's the, no... The, the adversary in this is herself, almost. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I give it a, a, a 3.5. Oh, you're, in, you're way too nice. I gave it a 2. Okay. Yeah. What'd you see? Uh, what else did I see? Um, that's a good question. Uh, you I want don't... me to do one? Yeah. The Green Glove Gang. This was on Netflix. Pol- a Polish show. Okay. Kind of interesting. It's about three women who are older, who are a gang of uh, robbery robbers. They do bank robberies, jewelry heists, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, they're kind of uh, s- slowing down a little bit or whatever, and so one of the in one of their last jobs, they they almost get caught, and now the police are onto them, uh, and uh, they have to go hide out in a nursing home and pretend that they have like like it's a ho- nursing home for elderly people with disabilities. So one of them pretends that she's blind and you know that so there there's a comedy aspect to it in that way. Um but it's also, you know, a uh it's kind of about these women uh getting older, I guess. Um mm. It's interesting. I the beginning part is like a all hi- this giant heist and everything and you're getting super into it and then it kind of just goes into this a nursing home, and it feel it slows slows way down in episode two. Overall, I'm not gonna watch more of it, but I'd give it a. Mm, I'll give it a four point five. Four point five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched Haunted in twenty eight days. That's what I watched on Netflix. About uh, three teams of. Uh, of uh, ghost hunters or paranormal activity hunt, hunters or whatever they call it. Okay. Uh, that uh, are twenty eight days on uh, in like uh, United States most like haunted places to like uh, uh, do uh, paranormal experiments, and it's like based on the theories of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, so it's kind of like it's trying to be it's trying to be horrifying that's for sure uh, ask me if I found this horrifying look okay did you yeah no <laughs> I found it dull and boring that's what I found found it to be because I didn't believe a single fucking thing that happened. Everything seemed staged and very, very, very staged and extremely staged. Okay. Yeah. Did you give it a score? I will give this a three. And last thing I saw was I Love You, You Hate Me, the documentary uh, about Barney. (laughs) This was on Peacock. An explore- uh, it says it's an exploration of the spectacular rise and violent response to the children's show Barney. Uh, yeah, it covers, like, the first bunch of it is it just covers, like, 
you know, them creating Barney and like mm-hmm. how it got spread by a bunch of moms because they wanted a way to like pacify their toddlers and just put them in front of the TV uh, <laughs> and have them just be transfixed on this thing. And mm-hmm. uh, that's also why certain groups started to dislike it because they felt like their children were like, uh, wouldn't just stare, sit there in front of the TV and just. Uh, all they would do was watch that, and also it was incredibly annoying for grown-ups. So grown-ups found the show like incredibly <laughs> annoying, and so it mm. started to get like massive hate. Which I remember in my middle school years for sure. I th- even think I talked about the hundred ways to kill Barney list that was like mm-hmm. that went around as a meme in my middle school. Uh, which it was an online meme for sure, but. Uh, I definitely remember all the Barney hate. Everybody, I mean, I, they they jumped to a lot of different conclusions as to why people hated Barney in this documentary. I think it more simply comes down to that it was it was just a fucking annoying, repetitive show. Yeah, so I never was a big fan of Barney. It was a little too late uh, f- for me. Uh, I was pretty grown up when when well, yeah. Barney came. They even point out that. Like, this show was made for kids who are, like, three, four, five years old. Like, right. they, the, even the creators in the documentary say, like, hey, we're not making the show for, like, anybody but three-year-olds. That This is our tar- right. target demographic. So, like, um, yeah, I was too old for the show as well, which um, I just remember, yeah, there was a lot of just uh, Barney hate. I guess, but they try mm-hmm. to they try to be like, oh well, why did everybody go against like? Because you know his whole thing, Barney's whole thing was love, love and like acceptance and all these things. And people are like, how did that message of love and acceptance like turn into so much hate? But they right. point out some really interesting things of like, well, when you look at something that is so perfect, like has no flaws, like that is inherently fake to people yeah because everything has flaws so to see something that is like pure like just love and like everything you go you look at it and you go well that's not real that that's uh misleading me to the nature of true the true reality of life right yeah so it goes deep the documentary is good i give it a what uh i'll give it a 7.5 we were talking a little about this documentary uh, when we were watching the fur referral, and I and I said that uh, it reminds me a little of like uh, uh, I wonder if uh, why Barney got so much hate and like Teletubbies didn't, and you said uh, well they spilled things <laughs> at, at the Teletubbies and I really didn't think about that. Yeah, and like that never got any 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 hate. Like I mean, the level that of, also was yeah of Barney, yeah, because that was also was re- repetitive uh, singing. But I think, like you said, uh, it it's saved by not having any dialogue. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Barney had like was like pushing a real like message, like pushing this right. Like this is my message, like love, acceptance, like. There's a message here that's being pushed. Where Teletubbies mm-hmm. are like booba, 
Booba is also like incredibly repetitive and annoying, but they're right. not. There's no. There's absolutely no message being pushed by Booba. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Oh uh, yeah. Another also... interesting yeah. thing about it. It's got like really good interviews with people like Bill Nye, the science guy, and the guys from Blue's Clues and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, it's on my list of things I I really want to see. I actually couldn't find it anywhere. So. Oh well, it it maybe. It'll come out soon. You know, it just came out this week here, so... Yeah, who knows? Uh, anyway, uh, we watched episode two of High School. Episode two of High School, right? Uh, yeah. I don't have the description up, so what did you think about it while I get the description? Uh, yeah, I, I thought this episode was tremendously much better. It went from a zero to a five. Okay, here we in, go. In... In interest. Uh, shock to your system. While Sarah continues to withdraw from her family, especially her mom, she and Tegan make headway with her friends uh, at their new school and are invited to a party. But as Tegan begins mm -hmm. to make friends of her own, Sarah starts to realize how important Tegan is to her. Right. So yeah, and I, I, I also think I, I was very much afraid that we would see the same fucking storyline that we saw last week, just from the sisters' perspective, and yeah, we all didn't re all repeated, right? Right. Uh, they did shift sisters' uh, point of view, but uh, we got a continuing of the last storyline, and also they did a little twist because I thought it was just going to be the sister. Sister's story, but we sister, also sister. saw it, sister, sister, but uh, we also saw it all of a sudden from the mom's point of view, and that was even more fun. Right, not only just like the way they've been doing it is they'll put up a title card with the with the character's name, and we we assumed mm -hmm. okay, probably what's going to happen is we got two twins, so we're going to go from one twin to the other twin and show like different perspectives of how we're how each one of them is seeing the same situation or something like that. But we're, like, yeah. moving along a chronological timeline and going from, like, the sisters to the mom, back to a sister, back to a different sister, yeah. and then over to the mom again. And we could even go to a friend or something, you know, at some point. So, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Th that part of the way it's edited together, the way the storyline's written also, I like that. Yeah. The acting is yeah. still, you know, pretty, you know, uh, mid-tier. But this one actually had some funny jokes, made us laugh a couple uh -oh. times. I, I laughed loudly, and I even said, hey, this show made me laugh of a mom <laughs> joke. Yeah. Yeah, they were, you know, uh, it is it is definitely a ya show. It's not necessarily for us. Overall, mm -mm. this episode I thought was also better than the last episode, but I think the first episode was a lot of character development also. Mm. You know, you just gotta, you gotta get to know the characters, and this one, actually, the story is starting to progress, um... But then, what we've seen from, like, com coming this week, uh, or coming yeah. in this show, they have, like, a coming up in the show after the episode one, and like I mm. said, that's the part where I go, I don't I don't need to see more of this, because I see, I see where it's going, and it's not going anywhere yeah. interesting, it's just going to be, yeah. like, you know, a, the story of two young high school girls uh, growing up, which some people love those kind of shows, not, not mm -hmm. my cup of tea. Me neither. That means that we are actually doing something we have never ever done on another digital system. Uh, that is, we're watching a show 
that is already out. Uh, I don't know if we have or haven't. I, I don't remember. I don't think we have. I mean, technically, I guess we... Like, whenever we do, like, a show that comes out all at once, and then we cover... You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I don't know. But Yeah, but it still comes out that week. We have never done, like, gone back and, and watched the right. show. Well, this came out yesterday, so it's not a huge jump, but... Uh, Guillermo del Toro was... Was it yes? Cabinet yes? of Curiosity. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it just came out yesterday. So, not, yeah. yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have had a chance, really, to watch it together, so we're going to watch it this no. week together... Um, it's on Netflix. It's just, an, it says it's an anthology, sinister, uh, anthology series of sinister stories. That's hard to say. Uh, told by Reverend Horror Creators. So it's going to have a bunch of different people in it. I mean, it says it's got Andrew yep. Lincoln. It's got Rupert Grint, Tim Blake Nelson, David Hewitt. But they're all, you know, they're probably going to be all in different episodes. This is, it's not going to be a continuous yep. storyline. So each one of these uh, that we cover is going to be a different kind of, uh, each week we're going to be doing a whole different review instead of like reviewing it as one big show. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then at the end we can kind of give it a score as a show overall, depending on how far we get, who knows, maybe the first two episodes we'll hate this show. So we'll just have to see. Maybe. Even though I doubt that very much, (laughs) I have read some reviews and it's from people I trust. (laughs) So who knows? Uh, what I do know is that I got a very, very big laugh this week because Hans Niemann files a hundred million lawsuit against Magnus Carlsen and Chess.com. Right, over cheating allegations, uh, the 19-year-old American grandmaster <laughs> at the center of the cheating scandal has pulsed drama th- through the chess world. He sued... Champion Magnus Carlsen and others seeking $100 million in damages. Uh, this was filed in an eastern Missouri district court, says Carlsen, Chess.com, and others, including Grandmaster Hikaru Nakamura, are colluding to blacklist him from chess. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how he's going to prove this. Uh, yeah, I mean. Is it on him to pr- prove that he didn't cheat in this case, though? Not really. He just has to prove no. that they, like, hurt his career, right? Uh, yeah, and knowing... But uh, he, here's the thing with hearsay or, or things like things like that. They also had to know that it was false. So he has actually to prove... He has to prove, or his lawyers has to prove... That it was malintent, like they did this with purpose, knowing oh, right. that he hadn't done anything wrong. So they'd have to prove that he didn't cheat, then. Right. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, I guess we can see what yep. happens with that. Uh, Eurovision. Uh, <laughs> I think we already talked about this, didn't we? But it's official that thirty-seven countries will take. Uh, right. Part. We didn't talk about it. Oh, me and you just talked about it this week or something? Yes, oh, yes, okay. but we haven't talked about it in the show. Yeah, I, I said uh, there's, I'm just not going to read the list, uh, but there's two countries that, uh, sorry, there's three countries that are leaving uh, Eurovision uh, from last year's. That's Bulgaria, Montenegro, and North Macedonia. Uh, 
I'm I'm a little bit sad because uh, around forty is like the perfect amount. Uh, I it can't be lower than thirty six, so thirty seven is is okay ish, but it's still a, a little low for for the semifinals and things like that to to go go on normally, especially when we have. Uh, five countries that are directly qualified mm-hmm. uh, this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. These there there was a scandal at the end of Eurovision during the voting with what Montenegro and North Macedonia, right? Yeah. And then what's yes. Bulgaria? Why that one's just random? They don't have money uh, to Bulgaria do it. Bulgaria is yeah. So th- uh, they say they uh, just couldn't afford it because of the the housing or the the prices of right. hotels in in the UK. Yeah. And 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 I can see that as a point because UK is one of the most expensive countries to like rent out hotels and things like that. So uh for a, for a very poor country like Bulgaria that is a lot of of money. All right, Adidas terminates partnership with Kanye West uh, at a cost to the company of $246 million. Uh, Sports brand Adina has terminated his partnership with Kanye West over his anti-Semitic comments. In a statement, the sneaker brand referred to West by his Yi pseudonym, uh, saying Adidas does not tolerate anti-Semitism and any other sort of hate speech Yi's. Recent comments and actions have been unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and they violate the company's values and uh, diversity and uh, values of diversity and inclusion, mutual dis- mutual respect and fairness. So, yeah, some people pointing out like, well, it took you a little, t- it kind of took you a while, because uh, these comments came out like weeks ago, right? So right. But they- uh, he's all. Oh, that's all. Not all the only thing. He's also dropped by CAA. That I have learned is Creative Artist Agency, and that is like right. yep. the biggest uh, agency for uh, talented sports based in Los Angeles. So he is not having a good week, and uh, on top of that, uh, they are actually removing his wax statue from. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, from. Uh, Madame to to saw. Yeah, so he's getting uh, blacklisted, you know, which he deserves it. I mean, he yeah said, he said Definitely. these things, uh, even though he has you know issues, uh, he needs to get those issues taken care of, uh, and you know he's spreading these these things uh, that I think he clearly believes, which uh, right is not good. So. Uh, all right. Audible. Uh, www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. That's audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. If you want to get a book, uh, you can go there, get a free book and a free trial for 30 days. If you cancel it, you get to keep the book, whatever book you want, really. You know, there's tons of books. There's also other things besides books. Go there. Audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. Hey, Kevin Spacey, we love that man, don't we? Yeah, he's not creepy at all. No, he's not done anything creepy. Not at all. I hate that, like, uh, uh, The Usual Suspects is, like, one of my favorite movies ever, and now I feel I bad watching movie. it because yeah. he's in it. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, he uh, he uh, got away. He got away with it, as they say. Uh, the jury sided with Kevin Spacey on Thursday in one of the lawsuits that derailed the film star's career, finding that he did not sexually abuse Anthony Rapp, uh, then 14, while both were relatively unknown actors uh, on Broadway plays in 1986. The verdict came in a civil trial with lightning speed. Jurors at the federal court in New York deliberated for more than an hour before deciding that Rapp had not proven his allegations. So, uh, hmm. I mean, we should say... In court, that that means uh, he proved he didn't do it. I guess that doesn't mean he didn't do it, but you know, right? The court the the court decided it, so uh, the lawsuit sought forty million dollars in damages. Um, yeah, there you go. Because if you had asked me, allegedly in Minecraft, he totally did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed by this verdict, but also, like, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't there for the trial, so I don't really know what happened or anything, so, yeah. So, do you like omelets? Uh, I do. I like a plain omelet. I don't like a, throwing, a, like, Ooh. when people throw all this extra stuff in there, I just like a cheese, just a cheese and egg. That's, like, where I'm, I'm at with an omelet. I like sea omelet. I like omelet with, like, seafood in it. Hmm, that's a, that doesn't sound too bad, I guess. Like uh, prawns, for example. Prawn omelette is one of my best. Yeah, I love prawn omelette. Uh, uh, James Corden, he doesn't really like to talk about omelettes. Why is that? Uh, that Corden, uh, James Corden, all right, he, he's got in trouble this week from an Instagram post from... Uh, a picture, picture uh, of a privileged celebrity who had not changed much in the intervening years. One manager's report said Corden was described as being extremely nasty. After, this is on Instagram. After he said he found a mm -hmm. hair in his food and demanding free drinks be placed, a second report said uh, on the egg yolk omelet meal that Corden began yelling like crazy after the restaurant tried to remedy the initial mistake of his wife's order with replacing the dish uh, that then included home fries instead of a salad, which he had requested. So he's just a... I mean, we all knew that he was kind of a jerk, <laughs> especially yeah. to, like, his employees and stuff. But it just seems like yeah. he's just... Even to, like, restaurant staff and stuff like that, he's, like, a huge jerk to the point where this restaurant owner came out with a, a thing where he basically said he's 86'd him from his restaurant. Uh, but then... He went back on it saying that Corden got a hold of him and now he's it, everything's cool or whatever. But uh, I wouldn't want to. If I saw James Corden walk into my restaurant now and I and I was a waiter, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he seems like a total shithead, and uh, it uh, this story doesn't really surprise me. What? So ever, <laughs> and I'm somewhat embarrassed for his wife as well. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I feel sorry for her. Well, maybe yeah, she's also a jerk. She maybe knows. she was also like, who knows? You know. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe she's pushing him to be mean. So I don't know. But I still feel bad for her if she's not involved. I suppose. 
Well, I saw a movie this week, but I'm not going to talk about it quite yet, because it's the movie we're watching a trailer for. Oh, okay. Well, I saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies this week. Um, You sure did. Kind of a horror movie with a twist. Um, (laughs) Do you like the twist? It was very predictable. I predicted it, like, halfway through. Um, Right. I didn't exactly know how it was all going to go down, but the twist itself was pretty predictable. Uh, I liked it. It was fun. The acting is, you know, Mm. horror-level movie acting. The storyline's just really good. Um, Some of the cinematography was a little bit too dark. I was like, what the hell is going on in this scene? I can't see Mm. anything. Uh, I'd like to know what the hell is happening right now. Um, you know, some of the special effects are a little stupid, some of the dialogue's kind of stupid, but it's a little B-horror movie all in all, but overall, mm-hmm. I'd give it a six. It's fun. Cool. Hey, Luke, do you like kitsch movies? Uh, I don't know. What does that mean? When, when things are very cliche and you know exactly what's going to be happen and you've seen a movie like that uh, 2000 before times before uh no I usually don't oh okay let's see a trailer to take to, to paradise then I'm sorry I think your things are in my seat oh, sorry <laughs> oh come on you've got to be kidding me Excuse me, ma'am. I need to sit. I was wondering if this was going to be a trailer I'd seen. I think I've seen this trailer. We're only married for five. In four days' time, our daughter's going to marry a guy she just met. Something about this music just does not fit, right? Or is it just me? I know. Like I like this song. It just doesn't fit with this. Yeah. With this movie. Just like her mother did. So I'm the only one who can stop her. She doesn't listen to him. Champagne. Oh, two, please. Just leave the bottle. <laughs> so you saw this? This? We have to call a yep. to make this work. Good be lockstep. Did you make a pact to not murder? Yep. You know what this reminds me of? How many uh, dolphin penises do you see in this in this movie? Mm-hmm. And they hate each other, Luke. Guess what's going to happen in this movie? They definitely don't fall in love at the end. No, no. See, that's not a joke. Hey, dolphin! Wait, there is dolphin penises in this? Of course. Can't believe I got bit by a dolphin. Mm-hmm. Because he gets uh, bit by a dolphin, look. In the penis. It's so funny. And they work together to break up the marriage. Good. That, that's always yeah. good to do. It never backfires on you. In any movie you, uh, or TV show that I've seen. That... I knew it. What? Yeah. You clean up pretty good. I've never seen a movie that the moral of the story is true love finds a way. Ever. No. It's got a pretty good soundtrack. The soundtrack just doesn't fit the movie. 
Please stop doing that. Oh my god. I'm praying for an astral. That wasn't even that bad, really. No. As far as embarrassing parents go, to me. I mean, uh, yes. To me as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, this uh, has a pretty good rating as well. I I saw it had like 62. Oh, sorry. Luke, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? A man and his ex-wife race to Bali, Indonesia, to stop their daughter from marrying a seaweed farmer. As they desperately try to sabotage the wedding, the bickering duos find, soon find themselves rekindling old feelings that once made them happy together. 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% on Fandango, 85% of Google users liked it. Yeah. You were saying. It... Yeah, uh, it, I felt like this is the oldest movie I have ever seen. In that way that it felt like a 90s movie, rom-com uh, kind of movie. And, and uh, it, it didn't surprise me that this is directed by the same guy that made Mamma Mia. Because it feels very much like Mamma Mia just without the fucking music. <laughs> from what I saw from the commercials here, they were yeah. really pushing like Julia Roberts and George Clooney are back. Like that was the big mm -hmm. selling point. Like you get to see these stars from the nineties. Like that was the whole, so for them to make it like a nineties rom-com, I think that's who they're selling it to also is people who just like right. those kind of movies. And then they're bringing back these stars from that time period of when those kind of movies were really, really popular. Uh, so it, it, it's all it marketing. It's me, all marketing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of Notting Hill or A Nice Day with George Clooney. I mean, it's it's just like it. It's based on this like. Uh, it's based on just thin, thin, reused tea. That's like how it felt like. I I I wasn't very keen to see this uh, someone else was very keen to see this i definitely didn't really want to see this and even the lady that i watched this with was like, like kind of like this is the most predictable shit i have ever seen and i said yes it is <laughs> there was no point when they were deciding to make this movie where they were like we need to make a really good film this is all, right. we're going to make a movie that has Julia Roberts and George Clooney in it, that's a love rom-com, and that's going to sell, right. that's going to sell tickets. Like, we don't, once we sold the ticket, we don't care, as long as they stay in the theater and don't get their money back, that's good enough for us, uh, basically. It, it, it will sell tickets, and, and, and that's the sad thing about it, just like, but, uh, uh, I mean, the technical quality of the movie is just like, uh, it's it's funny that uh, a Norwegian is the photographer. Uh, I think that's kind of like in interesting for me. That it was kind of like I was impressed by the the Norwegian photography. I mean that was good. It shows Bali from a very nice point of view. But I don't fucking care about Bali from a nice point of view. I want some interesting dialogue and some interesting story that you. Don't see from the fucking first second you put this movie on. Right. You know how this movie is going to end. You know already. 
It's like you've seen every movie like this fucking before. So I I give it a two look. So woohoo! Helen Smith recommends on IMDb. Uh... Brilliant film, great cast, stunning location. <laughs> Highly recommend. I mean, that's right there. That is what this great cast, stunning yes. location. That's it. Like that's yeah, yeah. Uh, Penny great Penny Gray Eagle says great movie. <laughs> laughed all the way through. Definitely recommend seeing. But Jay Lynn Johnson says love them both, but they couldn't save this movie. Bordered on ridiculous and silly. Just not my cup of tea. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, also coming out uh, this week is uh, Paul's Promise. Are you skipping that because you don't want to say the title of the first movie? No, I'm skipping it because it didn't show up. I don't want to say the first movie. Well, go, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> you thought it was just because the title? Well, look at I'll that. Say the title f- I will say the title for you. Okay, okay. 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 Uh, but Paul's Promise uh, is uh, set in the peak of 1960s uh, right movement. Paul Promise is an inspiring true uh, story of Paul Huddersfield, former racist firefighter turned pastor who uh, started one of the first integrated churches in the American South. Uh, 85% of Google users like this movie. Uh, 6.9 on IMDb. And the movie that Luke doesn't want to say the title is, is The Banshees of Inserin. Okay. I would have said Inserin. So there you go. Uh, Yes. On a remote island off the coast of Ireland, uh, (laughs) Padrick is devastated when his buddy Colm suddenly puts an end to their lifelong friendship. With the help from... His sister and troubled young islander, uh, Patrick, sets out to repair the damaged relationship by any means necessary. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 90% on Fandango. Directed by Martin McDonough. It's got Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson. So, yeah. Sounds interesting. Sounds boring as hell, but I, I, I've got I've got feelings of uh, Oscar nom possibly. Oscar nom possibly. Yeah, yeah. it it it's it smells a little like Oscar. Oscar uh, bait, doesn't it? Yeah, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe it's terrible. Well, Black Adam is a movie. I am having a little problem, but. Uh, uh, yeah, Black Adam is a movie with a rock. Uh, it sure is. Pierce Brosnan is also in it. And uh, Henry Cavill. Uh, a man uh, gets magical powers from uh, the wizard uh, Shazam for a thousand years ago. Directed by Jomi Colat Sierra. It has 7. One on IMDb. That's not a terrible, but it has thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty bad. All right, Rimini. The death of his mother brings Richie Bravo. Richie Bravo. I like that character name. Yeah, that's that sounds like a good character name. Back from his adopted home in Italy to his teenage bedroom in Lower Austria. This is an Austrian movie, I guess. Uh, Seven point one out of ten on IMDb. Eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 3.5 out of 4? What? On Slant Magazine. Okay, whatever. <laughs> 3.5 out of 4. Who scores out of 4, of all things? 
Yeah, that's that's a weird system. Right. Just round, like go up to five, if anything. Uh, and then you want me to do the last one, or? Yes, please. After Sun, at a vacation resort, an 11-year-old Sophie treasures the time she spent with her loving and idealistic father. 20 years later, Sophie reminisces about their last holiday together when she tries to come to terms with the man she didn't always know. I just read that, and I don't mm. even know what I just read. Um, 97... Sounds convoluted and uh, kind of weird, yes. Like, I literally read it. It's what, You know when you read a book, and you're, like, get halfway down the page, and you're like, what the fuck did I just read? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it felt like that. 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 5 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. Mm. I don't know which movie well, I want to see here, to be honest. Well, I can recommend to you that you don't watch... Uh, I don't really want to see Black Adam Paradise. either, though. Uh, I think I want to see Black Adam. I mean, it's The Rock. I don't know. It Can't looks, be that bad. It looks pretty bad. <laughs> Can't be that bad. It, I mean, his worst movie is, is still an action movie, so... All of his movies are not great. I mean, he's never really been in a super great movie. What was it like? Come on, there's there's one amazing movie that you're not thinking of that The Rock is in. That is probably one of the best comedies of all time. Uh, I don't know. The Two Fairy, come on, Luke. Nothing it was, it was such a great film. <laughs> so well put together. That wasn't predictable in any way whatsoever. No! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I heard? I think this is true. I heard that The Rock, in his contract, like when he signs up for a movie, he's not allowed to lose fights in movies. Did you know that? Let let me think. Does he lose any fight? Well, he kind of loses it. Loses it in the Scorpion King. No, well that that was like before he was famous. Like now, like now that he's got really mm. big, like. In his contract, it says I'm I can't lose any fights in him. So like, you'll never see him actually lose a fight. He he'll always win fights in movies, which is kind of annoying, right? Is it a little bit funny to think that uh, The Rock started out his like movie? Well, I would say the movie that got his uh, his name famous in the movie industry is from the Mummy franchise <laughs> with Brandon Fraser. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It, I'm seeing now. I'm looking it up. Uh, this is actually from Screen Rant, so it's fairly reputable. The Rock, Vin Diesel, mm -hmm. and Jason Statham, all in their contracts, clearly specify that none of these three can lose a fight, at least as far as a car franchise is ref is concerned. <laughs> okay. Ah. Okay. So as far as like you know, Fast and Furious, I guess maybe not every movie. I thought it was every movie, but okay. But yeah, no, I, I I find it more funny that that he started uh, more or less in in the Mummy franchise. There was Walking Tall with uh, Dwayne Johnson like way early in his career, right? Uh, which mm. that was a decent movie, but it wasn't like a great movie either. I'm trying to look through like Dwayne Johnson's uh, cinematography and see that. Uh, what I thought was his best movie ever, and 
I think you're going to find that it's walking tall. I'm serious. I'm beginning to think so as well. Right. Oh, yeah, no, he was in free guy. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. 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 And it is actually walking tall. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, that is fucking weird. Especially since he's such a huge star that most of his movies, I bet you if you looked it up, like, they're not that well, like, rated on, like, Rotten Tomatoes also. Right. Yeah. I think I even saw somebody do that recently on a podcast or something. Where they went I, through I it. I still think that Baywatch is his worst movie, though. I never watched that. I, everybody said it was Ooh. really bad, so I never saw it. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, I think you 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 really went. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably his his worst. Uh, I think that's a terrible. Pain and Gain is pretty good. I don't remember that. I might have seen it. Marky Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne Johnson. Okay, Rob Johnson. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, uh, the story about uh, some bodybuilders uh, caught up in a in a crime thing. Yeah, I like Pain and Gain. That's a cool movie. I think actually that's better than Walking Tall. Thinking about it. Okay. Uh, anyway, coming next week: <laughs> News of the Week, TV and Movies of the Week, Cabinet of Curiosity episode one. We're gonna be doing. Mm-hmm another digital review of pray for the devil which i've seen the trailer for so mm. i can't i can't guess what it's about well i'm going to guess it's a horror movie because i have never heard of anything like that before pray and it's also like is it halloween week so <laughs> yes yeah it's very hard to guess that it's a horror movie right so I'm going to guess that it's a horror movie. Look, am I right or am I right? You're, am yeah, I right? you're right. It's something about the church. Also, I think it's like a ca- <laughs> something about a Catholic church where like it nice. uh, gets possessed by the devil or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, round. What do we got going on? Uh. <sighs> oh, the Channel Five doc they decided is going to come out on HBO Max, which kind of p- pisses mm-hmm. me off. But I'll see it eventually, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, that's uh, a I might ha- bummer. I might me. have to find a friend who has, or maybe a family member who has has it, and just either get their thing, their code, just to watch it, or go over to their house yeah. or something. How dare you steal? You know, if you steal someone's password, you steal. It's just like car, stealing right? a car. Yeah, I knew yes. that. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I used to run those when I was that exact thing on the on the movies when uh, I was working at the movie theater. I was like, there were other ones it that is, were even worse. It is so fucking stupid. You wouldn't steal someone's car. You wouldn't steal someone's house. You shouldn't steal this movie. Uh, anything on anything going on YouTube that you saw this week? Uh, not that I can think, actually, no. It's, uh, well, there it's was the Markiplier's kind of, uh, OnlyFan update that I sent you. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That was very much, very much fun. He's basically changed the goal, right? Uh, right. For making an OnlyFans. So if you go to his channel, I don't remember. what was. There was a new goal. What It was 
get to the top of watch. iTunes and Spotify, which he did get to the top of Spotify, but not iTunes, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And now you had to watch a documentary about him, I think. Oh, about his mother. It was about his mother. Right. Right. Yeah. And I haven't watched it yet, but maybe I should go do that. Um, but, uh, but I don't Backyard's, really care about an uh, OnlyFans either. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, the Backyard Square Olympics are back with Mark Rober. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like he's being mean to the squirrels. Is that just me? No. Okay. There's certain times where I'm like, this kid seems a little mean, <laughs> but but, uh, but it's it's funny. It's oh, it's in the name of science, I guess. But yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, Mr. Beast uh, going from hotel to hotel that was kind of funny, especially the one that uh, where they have found a hotel inside of a bus that I like. I don't even know if that counts to... as a hotel, really, right? But sure, it was kind of funny though. Yeah, especially when they had it towed. That was, a, I mean, yeah. clearly they had to pay them a lot of money. It. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, H3 getting canceled by the right wing again, uh, this time for anti-Semitism, even though he's some something that's Jewish kind of man who mm-hmm. lived in Israel for many years and is married to an Israeli-American woman and somehow... Yep. He he was anti-Semitic, so I don't mm-hmm. I don't know how that exactly works, but it did. Like they were they managed to get him booted for a week off YouTube, right? So isn't it ironic? Don't you think a little bit too ironic? It's annoying because this was the week they were going to have channel uh, Andrew from Channel Five was going to be on their show also, yeah, which I was super interested to hear that interview, and I then was, we don't get it now. I was really looking forward to that, uh, but yeah, no. Ludwig on Cold Ones, did you check that out? Yep, that was a good interview. It seemed like they took it down and put it back up for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Him being shit-faced, that was funny. Right. Uh, I don't know, uh, maybe there was something in there that got them a strike. When they were playing the video game, I know that Nintendo is like really litigious when it comes to things. Yeah, it could have been them them playing the video game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then the last thing I had on here was... Remember when we watched Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue on the podcast? I, I do showed you that, that horrible like drug PSA from the nineties that they showed me in I think second right. grade and it terrified me for the rest of my life. I was traumatized by that. Uh <laughs> Brutal Moose did a watch through on Twitch of that, so that was fun. Oh. Yeah. And I he did a little okay. commentary on it and stuff. It was interesting. Definitely worth checking out. He, it's on his uh his VOD channel on YouTube also, so you can go to, you. I think it's Moose 2, and he's got a VOD channel. Uh, your favorite show, uh, The Rookie Feds, got a, f- a full season pickup at ABC? I'm not surprised, to be honest. No, no. Yeah. Other than that, uh, you and me have uh, had a competition of uh, which, which country is more uh, racial, and uh, you win. More racial? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Racists. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think actually we would win for, if you're talking about like uh, diversity, I think we win on that also, probably. I don't, I think we have uh, gotten you beaten there because do you have anyone from Bergen there? <laughs> Good point. You got me. Mm-hmm. You got me there. Yep. All right. Yep. 
Got you. Got me. Got you, Ed. Got you. Okay, uh, what's your name? My name's Luke. My name is, uh, Fro? Yeah. I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> okay. Oof. That was almost. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Another, di another, digi another digital citizen. 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 Another digital citizen.